Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, September 7th, 2023, and today we're reading from the big book, and we're in the chapter, A Vision for You, page 152, the third paragraph. How is this to come about? Reading through two paragraphs, ending with, love thy neighbor as thyself. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Joni Y, 12 Traditions, Mary F, and reading the text are Harlan G and Barb W, and Katie G is our backup. The newcomer greeter is Vanita L, and the host of the second hour is Leah S. I'm I'm trusting we'll be here. And the reference numbers for Wednesday, September 6th, 7 a.m. meeting is 20,606. That's 2606. And for the 10 a.m. meeting is 20607, that's 20,607. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behavior and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Joni Y to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Joni Y, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Here are the 12 steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message 
to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for the honor of doing service. Thank you so much, Joni Y. Okay, I will now ask Mary F. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. Uh, My name is Mary F., and I am a recovering compulsive overeater from Virginia. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups and OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcohol to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Mary F. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. Excuse me. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 152, the third paragraph, how is this to come about, reading through two paragraphs ending in love thy neighbor as thyself. And I will ask Harlan G. to begin reading. Thank you very much, Katie. Thanks for your service. I'm Harlan G., I'm a recovered compulsive overreader. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm calling this morning from 
Arlington Heights, Illinois. How is this to come about, you ask? Where am I to find these people? You are going to meet these new friends in your own community near you. Alcoholics are dying helplessly like people in a sinking ship. If you live in a large place, there are hundreds, high and low, rich and poor. These are future fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. Among them, you will make lifelong friends. You will be bound to them with new and wonderful ties, for you will escape disaster together, and you will commence shoulder to shoulder your common journey. Then you will know what it means to give up yourself and that others may survive and rediscover life. You will learn the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself. This is a beautiful, touching paragraph that tells me something that I did not believe until it happened. And this is what that is. When I came in here, I did not come in here to find God. I came in, excuse me, I came in here to try to lose some weight. And when I lost the weight, I found, I found a relationship with myself. I found a relationship with others and a relationship with God that is both magical, deep, and ever-widening. And the love and scope of God's absolute benevolence in my life is very apparent and very miraculous conventions, retreats, meetings, these are the things which led me to what I believe is the most unbelievable miracle in my life, and that is the people that speak and understand the language of the heart. I have had many friends. I'm a very blessed man. As a matter of fact, coming into Chicago this weekend, are many, many friends that I have had for 50, 60, and 65, 69 years of my life. I am a very lucky man to have such friends. But the people that I've met along the way, the people from Overeaters Anonymous, the people that speak and understand the language of the heart, this is, this is the group of people that have not only loved me and let me love them back, but you have elevated me to a place in God's world I never could have got to by myself. You have given me your hearts and given me your <clears throat> souls to the point where I could learn who I was by listening to who you were. It has been a miraculous journey. To have a person in your life, let alone a group of people like you guys that speak and understand the language of the heart so that I have a purpose and a rhythm that underlay all as, as Bill describes in his story. I wake up in the morning and I know I am alive. I go to sleep at night and I know whether or not I've done a good job because in that 11-step review, I learn, did I help others? Was I angry? Was I fearful? All these various things. This is the miracle of life. And when God most often wants to communicate with me, he does it through you. He does it through other people. And when I seek God, I most often find him in the face of one of his children. So he has given me a fellowship. He has given me a way to find him. He has given a vehicle with which he can touch and find me. What more could a person want Every one of you that comes to these meetings every single day, 
I listen to your stories. I listen to you all the time. You enhance my life. And even though you may live thousands of miles away from me, I love you and I feel you every single day striving for a better life. And it makes me reach higher and harder too. Dr. Bob once said at the end of his life, no man looks as good as when he can bend over and help another man occupy the rung of the ladder on which he now stands. You have given me that gift through your effort. Who could want Time. anything more? And with that, I will pass. Thank you for your service, Katie. Thank you, Harlan. And so we will now open it up for sharing. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share on the third and fourth paragraphs on page 152 and the top of one, or that goes to the top of 153? Star one to unmute. Barbara from New Jersey. Janet B. Hey, I got you, Barbara E. Janet B. Alex B. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Vasa O. Alex B. Okay, someone B, but I'm just not hearing you. If you're on speaker. Alex. I'm sorry. Can you spell it, please? A-L-E-C. Alex. Catherine S. Okay. Okay, Catherine S. I got you, Alec. And Catherine S. Who else? Did Less you get Vasa O? Yes, I got you, Vasa. Leslie Thank you. W. Okay, this is who I have. And if there's more, please let me know. Barb, Barbara E, Thank Janet B, Vasa O, Alex, I think it was B, Catherine S, Leslie W. Is there one more? Anyone else? Okay, well, let's go with that list. Oh, Barbara E, followed Christina J. Okay, Christina. Okay, let's go with Barbara E, followed by Janet B. Barb, Barb, you need to press star one to unmute. Thank you. I was talking away. This is Barbara E. from New Jersey, a volume compulsive eater and has a long relationship with food. Katie, thank you for your service. Harlan, thank you for that beautiful, beautiful share. Well, there was a time when I truly believed I was supposed to do it all. Just get thin and life would be beautiful. I was wrong. I was thin and unhappy, so what did I do? I ate my way back up the scale, and I was miserable and sick, but this program, this fellowship saved my life. This beautiful program has shown me there is hope. The connection with people who all have various issues with food shows me that I can put my trust in a higher power that is not me. I've resigned from trying to be one. It was a disaster. I trust in the group to help me see and accept I will make mistakes, but when I do, it's not a loss. 
It's a life lesson, a temporary detour, not a dead end. I'll never graduate from this program. Just keep doing the best I can and turn back and help others, do service, take calls, and remember my three A's, awareness, acceptance, and action, action, action. And when I think I know something, it most often means I know absolutely nothing. But if I listen closely, I can hear God talking through you right to me in this beautiful fellowship of broken people helping other broken people to recover one day at a time. I found that by acting as if my higher power could help me remove my spiritual blockers, my heart was more open to accept myself and others and situations as they are. For me, I know I had to do a lot of practicing and be patient and accept myself as a work in progress before they were temporarily removed. Because truthfully, more often than I like to admit, they pop up again. I think that's my higher power's way of reminding me that I have to continue to work. And work with others reminds me over and over that this is a program of giving back and never giving up because recovery is around the next corner and we're here to help and support each other. A fellowship of people who understand me and I understand and I never have to feel alone again. But first I had to accept I have this killer disease and ask for help and surrender to the process and be grateful that there is a solution and it's contained in this book and the words that I hear from you as you share your journey with me. Thank you for allowing me to start, to start today. I look forward to hear, hearing all your wisdom. Thank you, Katie, again. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. from New Jersey. Janet B., you're up, followed by Vasa O. Hi, good morning. This is Janet B. in North Carolina, formerly of New Jersey. A beautiful paragraph, but a really sad line right in there. Near you, alcoholics are dying helplessly like people in a sinking ship. And that was me, helpless. And this line reminds me of the Titanic, right? The people dying helplessly in a sinking ship. Um, so what could they do? The only thing they could do is wait to be rescued. And I had to be rescued. Um, but the people in the Titanic, at least in the movie, they had to go and get to a lifeboat. They had to try and swim. They had to do something. And what is it that I had to do so that I could be rescued? And for me, um, I had to follow the 12 steps, which meant that I had to take a real step three and surrender and surrender means that I went to God and I said, God, you don't have just my food. Of course, take my food. I can't manage it. But you have to take my whole life as well. You know, take my, take my marriage, take my kids, take my job, take everything and manage it. And then that means I have to live my life in a way that I think this God would want me to. Um, even though, of course, I can't know God as well as he is. Um, but I can stop lying. I can stop stealing. I can stop trying to arrange things so that I get what I want. And then, of course, I can do what this line says at the end, love thy neighbor as thyself. I can sacrifice my comfort, my time in order to help someone else. 
And then what does this promise me? I'll be rescued. It tells me that I'll meet people. I'll have new and wonderful ties because we will escape disaster together. We escape it only because we do this work and these steps, surrender to God, clean up our past, make amends and help others. And then he reaches down and rescues us and changes our hearts so that we actually want to care for our neighbor. We actually want to self-sacrifice so that we can help other people. This is a beautiful program. It starts out as a train wreck, or at least I did, or like someone in a sinking ship. And then it brings me to the point where I can love God and love others. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Janet B. from North Carolina. Vasa O., you're up, followed by Alec B. I believe Thank it's you. Me. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Katie, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I was that person dying gradually, physically, emotionally, and spiritually by the time I found the program. And I'm so grateful that my Abby found me and brought me to the program in order to keep, she told me, in order to keep what she had, she had to give it away. And at that time, I felt like I had nothing to give away, you know. But she was giving me, you know, she introduced me. She brought me to the program. She gave me the program. She didn't have to do nothing else. Here, the, it's right here. If you want it, it's here. If you don't want it, you have to have it, you know. And I grabbed it. I grabbed it so quickly I didn't want to die, but in order, I, you know, I wanted to lose the weight. I came for the vanity, and I stayed for the sanity. And she said to me, trust me, if you don't work the rest of the steps, it's not just about the weight, which I was looking just for the weight. I'm going to lose it, and I'm going to go home. Well, you know, she said, trust me, if you don't work the rest of the 12 steps, you're going to go back to the eating, you know, and I was scared. I was terrified not to work for the the rest of the steps. And even though I was scared, you know, I did lose the weight within six months. It is by the grace of my higher power. God was helping to do that I couldn't do for myself. I mean, that was a miracle. I tried to do that for 25 years, and I couldn't do it. Well, you know, I was ready and willing to surrender to a higher power greater than myself, because I was going to die anyways, you know, so what's the difference, you know? I might have a better chance to to have a life in, on this earth before I died. And I'm just so, so grateful. I grabbed it, and I've been in it for many, many years. And I love being in the program. I'm probably the oldest one here, you know. and uh, But I am so grateful. I have a life I never imagined I would have before. I'd be dead. I'd be a very sick woman now if I was not working there. And and that's what I've learned, to keep what we have to have to give it away. And I'm glad she found me, and I, this is what I do. I find people. I went to the meeting Tuesday night. There were three or four struggling with the food addiction. I can go out there in the world. If I somebody wants it, you know, I usually don't go and shove it to everybody's, you know. I wait. I wait. And I give it away. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Okay, Alec B., you're up, followed by Catherine S. 
Hi, this is Alec B. Alec B. from St. Louis, Missouri. Um, thank you for uh, for being here and, and listening and sharing. Uh, I find that I was using this paragraph for my meditate my eleven step meditation this morning, and I just think it's one of the most incredible promises of the whole book because I, I think about how in my various iterations of trying to do program when it was about me, when it was about, you know, okay, I'm going to get rid of the food. I'm going to exert the abstinence. I'm going to have neutrality, which is amazing. All amazing gifts and graces, things I need, things I need every day. Um, but still it's focusing on myself. And then here it is. And what is this program telling me that I'm going to be able to, to help others rediscover the joy of their lives. And I'm going to be able to be part of a movement that brings life, that brings abundant life. Right, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. And that I can participate in that. It's such an incredible thing that this program is not just, oh, okay, be temperate, be abstinent, be sober, et cetera, but even more so become someone who can love the neighbor, uh, love the neighbor as oneself, which is like the goal of my entire spiritual life. Um, and so that when it's not so much about the diet or about my weight or about the things I need, but rather how I can be of service to others, that's the motivation to keep me going because then I'm not focused on, on myself as much as myself insofar as I can help others, insofar as I can be of service and they can be of service to me. I'm reflecting also recently on um, uh, we uh, agnostics, and I'm not an agnostic. I'm a, a, a spiritual and religious person, but I'm reflecting on how my agnosticism has often been in relation to the fellows, in relation to this fellowship, and thinking myself as unique, is not needing the same things, not needing to make the call, not needing to work the steps, not needing to do that, because, oh, my situation is different, right? And what, a, what an untruth. <laughs> um, you know, at the end of that chapter, it says, um, you know, could all these religious people have been wrong? And what I want to think for myself is, could all these recovered people that I hear on the line be wrong? No, right? So, so, the path to recovery is in listening to each of you, to trusting, to doing the program, to letting myself love my neighbor uh, as myself through this process of transformation and freedom. And so I'm, I'm very grateful to each of you. I really want to commit myself to listening in and trusting without skepticism and listening and believing what you, you have to say so I can put it in practice myself and be transformed through the grace of God. All right. And so with that, I pass. Thank you. Alec B. from St. Louis, Missouri. Thank you, Alec. Okay, Catherine S., you're up. W. Hello, everyone. This is Catherine S. from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, compulsive overeater in recovery, six weeks abstinent. Um, first of all, I just want to thank you all. Um, I wake up every morning with terrible pre-work anxiety and stuff, and the moment I get on this line, peace just overwhelms me. So thank you for being you. Something that struck me from this paragraph was love thy neighbor as thyself. And what I've been taught over the years through therapy and good friends is that as thyself comes first, um, because love is a sincere gift of self. And in order to give yourself away, you have to know that you're a gift. Um, and ever since I started the abstinence and working the 12 steps, I've really come into this new appreciation for life, a more authentic way of living, authentic emotions, authentic relationships, the ability to listen. Um, and I'm loving myself through the abstinence. 
I'm not partaking in my eating disorder anymore, no disordered eating, and therefore I'm not berating myself, I'm not using myself, I'm not self-harming, you know, like the binging is self-harm and I'm not doing that to myself. And there's been such a great amount of freedom that has entered into my life. Um, My therapist and sponsor both affirm that my current work environment is very dysfunctional and toxic. So it's not just my ego. Um, And so I've been really working on the third step the past two days. And I've truly just been, like, it's a miracle. I can feel myself surrendering to God, surrendering my entire will, my entire being, all of my desires. You know, my prayers initially were, please, Lord, bring me a new job. Please don't let this happen at work. Please don't let this happen at work. And now I'm saying, Lord, thy will be done because I trust in you. Um, And the third step says, to the care of God as we understood him. And to the care of implies that God loves me, that God loves you, and that his will for us is one of love and to bring us joy, freedom, and perfect happiness. And I've always, I haven't always, I'm not spiritually desolate. I wasn't before. During my eating disorder, I had a relationship with God. But I always was like, I'm waiting for the kingdom of heaven when I die and having that joy, having that perfect freedom. But now that I've been working the program, I'm realizing God wants me to have that now in this life. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's now. And this program is bringing me that. And I'm so grateful for it. And I'm grateful for you all and for this meeting. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. And before we hear from Leslie W., I just want to remind you that we have read and we are commenting on the uh, third and fourth paragraph on page 152, how is this to come about, ending with love thy neighbor as thyself. Okay, go ahead, Leslie, and then you'll be followed by Christina J., and then we'll open it up for more sharers. Hey, Katie, thanks. It's Leslie W., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. Um, you will be bound to them with new and wonderful ties, for you will escape disaster together and you will commence shoulder to shoulder your common journey. Um, For me, escaping disaster is much, much more than staying abstinent um, or sober. It's being able to live a life of freedom not just freedom from the food, but freedom from self-harm, freedom from isolation, freedom from loneliness, freedom from fear, and freedom from selfishness and dishonesty. And I don't have all these freedoms all at once. Sometimes they come and and they they stay for a while, and sometimes they they leave and then they come back. Um, it's obviously a work in progress. I've been abstinent um, for over six years, and you know the thing about it is. 
<laughs> no matter how long I'm abstinent, life continues to evolve and change. And I'm faced with difficulties and challenges and pain and joy. But the beautiful thing about this fellowship and the beautiful thing about this program is that we don't have to go through it alone. And even though I may be miles away from you, I can feel you in my spirit and in my heart and in my mind. And you are walking shoulder to shoulder with me, some of you more tightly than others. But I have an entire army walking shoulder to shoulder with me, beside me. And I don't really know what else I could ask for in this life. So I'm I'm grateful today. I'm grateful to be here on this line. And I'm grateful for all of you. And I pass with that. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Leslie W. from Tennessee. Okay, Christina J. from North Carolina, Europe. Morning, everyone. Christina J. from North Carolina. <clears throat> you know, all my life I wanted to be seen, loved, and appreciated. And I was set up as a young girl, infant actually, between the ages of one and five, where I had a mom. I didn't have a dad. He was there, but he, he, he was not a dad. So I went through life. Um, I started to help my mom at the age of six. And I was ripped in and out of schools. I was never in a school for more than six months. I craved community. I craved to be seen. I craved to be part of something. And I went to extreme lengths to be part of something. But I was isolated, always isolated. And the food isolated me more. I have that family now, in a way, but I still have the old wound that comes up, that when I get scared, that I'm not enough, that I am not truly part of you all, and yet I get phone calls, and I get love, and I get I get all this stuff, but that old wound, you know, that's going to be cleaned up as the years go on, because that's what this is about, getting emotional sober from pain and the wounds, um, and being of service is a great healing for me, it heals me deeply, because I'm a part of someone's life that's struggling and maybe they're lonely and isolated. Maybe they want to hear a message. And maybe they want to feel a part of something. And maybe they don't want to be isolated in the crap. It's the only thing that's worked for them. It's the only thing that worked for me. Um, my mother is dying in two addictions, opiates and food. She knows she has a food addiction. She's living in filth. She's living in, she can't pick up anything. Her body's with arthritis, she refuses any help of any kind from me, the social worker, anybody. She's isolated in this stinky, filthy apartment with bugs and gnats and filth, and I can't do a damn thing to help her. It hurts. You know, it hurts. It's not the mom I had between the ages of one and five. It's not the mom I imagine I'd have now. I thought she'd maybe be in a nice place somewhere with people taking care of her and loving her. That's not the path God has for her. You know, it's hard to accept that someone has to go that way. Maybe she won't. Maybe there'll be a miracle. I don't know. I can't control it. I can't foresee it. I just know today 
I have to love her. I can't get a hold of her right now. Her phone's off. I live far away. Um, I've been rejected. She told me not to come there. I'm doing all I can from this side of the States. And I carry the message to people that want it. And I pray for her. And at some point I'll have to go. Not sure when. And there may be people on the line saying, well, why don't you go now? It wouldn't serve to go now. There's no willingness. It's like taking someone on that can't put the food down and doesn't really want to put it down. Not that they, you know, they probably really want to, but they can't. She can't right now. How can I help her? I can just be here for her. So I have the community. And I wish my mom had it. And for all those out there, we're here for you and you're here for me. I love everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Christina. Okay, so if you've just joined us, we are on. We are reading and talking about the um, third paragraph on page 152. How is this to come about? Reading that paragraph and the next paragraph, ending with love thy neighbor as thyself. Who would like to share who has not shared in the last two days? Felicia Ginger C. C. In New Mexico. Elena C. Ginger C. Sherry D. Marilyn. Felicia D. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can. Okay, I have Larry G. Ginger C. Felicia. um, And Elena. Who else did I miss? Joanne P. from New Mexico. Joanne P. And who is it? Joanne, I'm sorry, I can't remember. Joanne P. And who is it from New Mexico? C.C. C.E.C.E. Okay, C.C. And who else? Felicia D. from Rhode Island. Yes, I got you, Felicia. Thanks. Okay. so I have Larry G, Ginger C, Felicia D, Elena C, I believe, um, Joanne P, and CCE. Did I miss anybody else? Okay, go ahead, please, Larry, followed by Ginger. Good morning, moderator. Uh, Larry G from California. So good to be on this call this morning. I Normally on the... Uh, 7 a.m. Uh, so good to hear from so many of my East Coast brothers and sisters. Uh, love thy neighbor. I. It's one of the great commandments of God, right? Love thy neighbor as thyself. And the other one, of course, is to love God with all my heart, mind, and soul. And those two go together. They're so intertwined that you can't separate one from the other. Um the way I show my love for God today is not by doing good acts, you know, doing good acts is really important, acts of kindness, but uh, being a loving person to people that are sometimes difficult to love or populations that are um, difficult to, uh, to accept. Like I, one of the populations of homelessness, I really have had uh, a trouble with that, but lately uh, I've been taking the spirit of St. Francis, right, and uh, seeing uh, this group, these people that I see on the street with, uh, with love and compassion. And uh, the truth is, uh, is that without 
the fellowship without the 12 steps. I, I came to these doors from Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, I could be one of them. Um, and they deserve my love and compassion. They're, they're neighbors of mine. And I, I'm treating them as neighbors today. Uh, and I, I don't know any other way that I can prove my love to God without um, loving my neighbors as myself. And there are people who are unlovable. My next door neighbor is unlovable. He was a, a very angry man. But uh, the more compassion I am with him, it seems like he's softening up. I'm not going on my way. I'm not putting my uh, my heart in his hands. You know, there is a difference today. I, I understand that difference. Uh, I, I've learned how to take care of myself. I learned how not to um, go after dry wells who have nothing to give. But I can energetically love this person, and I have. I have been doing that, and our relationship's changing. Now, I I don't know if if I was a normie and didn't have alcoholism or food addiction. I don't know if I'd have this, this great love and this closeness I have to my higher power as I have today because uh, I, was, I was a goner in May uh, 2020 when I came into uh, this program, this fellowship. I was talking to another member yesterday. I'm so grateful for vision for you. Uh, it is just such, so rich and studying the big book and it's, to me the big book is, is the gift. It's this black and white. I don't know if I have this kind of connection with God if I was normally without this addiction, but I have it. It's my blessed wound. It is the way I've connected with God and the way I prove my love to God is by uh, loving thy neighbor as thyself. And like I said, uh, I'm just an ordinary man, ordinary strength and weaknesses. Time, please. Uh, and um, it's, it's a challenge for me some days, but I love God and I want to prove my love for God, so I love my neighbor as thyself. And I pass back to my moderator. Okay, thank you, Larry. Uh, Ginger C, you're up, followed by Felicia D. Star one, Ginger. Yeah, good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. Ginger C, a real compulsive overeater in Colorado, and just love this morning meeting. So thank you for everyone's service and everyone for being here. And I love Roseanne's wonderful saying, you know, together we can do what we could never do alone. And it is shoulder to shoulder. And there is no me without you. Like, thank God that we have one another. Thank God we trudge us with purpose. Thank God that we don't give up and that we keep walking no matter what. And we get out of the food. And not only do we get out of the food, we find freedom from it. And it's neutral. And it's not white knuckled. And it's amazing. And it all began for me because of the vision for you line. So I will always be with tremendous debt and gratitude. And I've known more relapse than recovery, but today I know recovery and freedom. And I'm just so grateful to God. I had no idea a horrific accident a couple months ago would change my life in such a great way. The gifts, right? I get to see life today. What's happening for me, not to me. But for me, for my greater good, because God loves me so much and God never gives up on me. I give up on Ginger all the time. And this deep down within this beautiful place that resides. And then I just get to continue to watch it shine. And I'm so grateful for this program. I'm so grateful to be out of the food today. 
and love thy neighbor as thyself. I have no idea your shoes and what you're walking in. But I know no matter what the question, love is always our answer with everybody, even the people that really piss you off. You have no idea. And usually they're pissing you off because they're maybe pushing a button in you, but they're in a lot of pain themselves. And I don't need to come back with more pain that they're already sitting in. I need to meet them with some love, some tolerance, some patience, just like our book guides us clear-cut directions. Am I following them today? And I just pray that I just let God lead before Ginger leads because that's been my biggest problem. Self-propulsion. I know. And I go out the door and I forget that God needs to go before I go. And when that happens, I can be of maximum usefulness. I can help the next person who's dying in the food because I'm connected and I have this conscious contact guiding and helping me to be of, again, maximum usefulness. So I'm just so grateful. And if anyone's eating today or anyone's hurting today, just don't give up. You just don't know what lies around the corner, but our job is to stay close and connected, working this practical program like our life depends on it. Time, please. Because this is deadly and I don't want to die from this food addiction. All right, everyone have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ginger. Felicia D, Felicia D, you're up, followed by Elena C. Hi, thank you so much. I appreciate your service. Um, I think for me, just saying love thy neighbor as thyself, I've always tried to embody that. Um, the problem was I didn't love myself, and so often I wasn't very loving to other people as I was trying to love them as I love myself. I was harsh, incredibly harsh on myself, and it was easy to be harsh on others because I wasn't compassionate with myself. And the longer that I'm in program and the longer that I'm working the steps, the more access to power, the more access to God's love, the more phone calls I have, the more kindness that I get through the program, the more I have this quiet time, the more... I'm able to start to hear God and get these messages and clear away the wreckage, the shame and the guilt and the remorse. The self-hatred starts to fall away. It's by walking shoulder to shoulder with others and seeing that, you know, as I come out of this isolation, that I'm not alone and I'm not unique. It helps me to catch my breath and kind of accept my own humanity. And to that level, I'm then able to walk shoulder to shoulder with other people and accept theirs. Um, my past has been decades of of relapse and I came back in October and so many times I wondered like, why is this happening to me? And why is this, why am I like this? And um, I've had a lot of calls this week with people that are coming back and been able to share my experience and it seems to be helping some others and it makes it easier to have have walked that path that it it does be it is God can use that as service for others and reach out and help to try to end isolation in that moment with with other compulsive overeaters. Certainly, what was given to me, and I'm so grateful that we get to do this and we don't do it on our own. Uh, thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much. Um, Felicia D. And now we'll have Elena C. followed by Joanne P. 
Good morning, everyone. My name is Elena C. from Greenville, South Carolina, Recovered Compulsive Overeater for today. Just like other paragraphs, this paragraph is very, very rich and so many messages. And what I relate to is this idea that alcoholics are dying helplessly uh, around me. And I think not only alcoholics, not only compulsive overeaters, but people are dying endlessly, like in, a, like in a sinking ship, people without God, because I know I died. I know I died. And here's what, what happened inside of me. You know, I use food, resentment, fear, selfishness, and I buried God deep inside. And then I had to, I had to come here, which is, is one of the, actually the most supportive community I've ever had. I've been in Al-Anon for 22 years, and, um, and that's good. It's a great program. You know, I have OA meetings here, Zoom meetings in, um, in the area. But a vision for you has been the most supportive community of all. And, um, you know, we're, we're rich and poor. We don't, it doesn't matter. What matters today is that we thrive every single day to access God of our understanding. You know, and um, we are shoulder to shoulder. And I am equal. We are equal. Uh, we're not better. We're not worse. We're not like smarter. We're not poorer. With God, we're equal. We're the same. And with God, we love one another. Um, and it, it will never be enough love that I can send to the world. You know, like I will always get pissed off by other what other people do. Um, and the only thing that I need to remember is that pause when those feelings surface and reconnect with my higher power because without God, I will be dying. I had no idea about that. I thought, you know, my will was so powerful that drove me crazy, drove me crazy. My will, my problem today is boils down to one single problem. I can't get my way. And I can't do a people, I cannot have people do what I want them to do. And today that's not, it is not true because my will doesn't matter. Your will doesn't matter. God matters. And I'd like to search for God every single day. And thank you so much for letting me share. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Elena C. Okay, we have four minutes. So Joanne P. and Cece, if you could each take two minutes, I'd really appreciate it. Good morning, everyone. Joanne? Okay. Yeah, good morning, everyone. This is Joanne P. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for all of you and your shares. And thank you, God, for this this big book and these beautiful words that are here. Yesterday I had a, um, I don't know if you want to call a relapsing fellow or a, just a dropout 
um, reach out to me in desperation and, yeah, asking me for something. I don't know what help. And we're going to talk today. And I've just been praying, like, what am I going to say to her? What am I going to, how am I going to share my experience, strength, and hope and help her the best I could? And let me tell you, it's right here this morning. This meeting is so beautiful. These words are perfect. How is this to come about by the grace and mercy of our higher power, right? And, um, yeah, we are bound to each other and these words just helped me escape disaster. I've only been in this program for three years, and three years ago, this week, um, I was introduced to Visions, and I've been here ever since, and it's been an incredible um, way to to grow gracefully, to um, learn how to live, to give of myself and get out of myself and um, turn my will over to God and yeah, the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself is it's just a lesson that I practice, try to practice every day by practicing these principles in my daily affairs and a lesson that I have learned um, Time, please. Thank you for letting me share, and thank you for all of your shares. I love you all. With that, I pass. Thank you, Joanne. Okay, Cece, you have two minutes. Go ahead, please. Cece. Hi, this is Cece here in New Mexico. Thank you, Katie, for your service. I really appreciate it and for the opening share. I don't know how many of us um, grew up with the looking at the picture book of Babar the elephant, you might wonder where I'm going with this. But I remember this one picture of um, Babar and all the elephants gathered around. There was a red cross sign in the background. And all the elephants had band-aids and bandages and wounds wrapped on their heads with the first aid sign. And there was Babar the elephant who was wounded as well. And he was tending to all his fellow elephants. And I'm getting emotional just saying it because that's what we do here. We're the wounded healers. We take seriously that reaching out of that hand to those that are still suffering. And and for that, I am responsible. I am so responsible. I was in that dark barn, you know, wondering how I would ever escape from all that isolation. And then I was rescued. And, you know, I think that God really, really speaks to us through each other. And I don't know how many times, and I'm sure you you have the experience too, that someone calls you or you call them. And and it's like a miracle. Like, how did they know I was going through that? Um, We are 
helping each other. And Bill knew that. Ebby knew that. Um, Bill started reaching out because he knew that people would understand and he could reach them. And that's what we do here. And for that, I am responsible. And for that, I pass. Sorry about that. Okay. 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 Thank you so much, CCE. And so that is our final share for today. And thank you to everyone who shared. And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, Thursday, September 7th, 7 a.m. meeting is 20,609. That's 20609. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Barb W. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Barb W., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Illinois. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.